But the devil doesn't respect your tap. And that's why giving in to self-pity never produces progress. I'm preaching like a motivational speaker today. You have to want to be there for your, for your people. Put it right now. Yeah. This is a podcast going on. You know what I'm saying? John here doing my favorite thing on a Sunday afternoon. You're listening to the American Freedom and God podcast. Presented by JPF and Associates and the JohnPFox.com training portal and classroom where we share commentary, wisdom, and counsel. This is a weekly podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Dysfunctional family of government. What is wrong with our national government? What are the things I can plainly see that is absolutely messed up with our government, with this system that we live in? Going to be talking today about that. Also, I brought some sound bites. Going to help me out with it. Mike Davis, attorney at law, uh, constitutionalist, uh, founder of Article Three Plan back in I think twenty twenty somewhere around in there. He's going to be bringing some very interesting uh, outlooks on all the lawfare that's happening uh, here in the country today. Not just with uh, the the new uh, up-and-coming impeachment of Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, um, but also of what has been going on lawfare-wise with all of it. President Trump, just everything. Today I brought a song bite from Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul. He's giving a speech on the floor talking about everything that's unfolding and what's going on in the United States right now. And each uh, senator uh, in the United States Senate, is, if they're doing their job, they, they put out these speeches, they, they get on the floor, they do their, their part um, to represent their constituents, sorry about that, uh, of the American people, the ones they represent. So, also today, guys, we are going to bring the hope message from Stephen Furtick, one of my all-time favorites for, you know, explaining what's in the Word of God, the Holy Bible. So, you need somebody that studies this stuff in order to make a perfectly good plain, you know, to spell it out plainly what the Bible's trying to say, and also to show you how it applies to your feelings, your emotions, your everyday life. Why, why would we listen to this? And that is the reason. Those are the reasons. <laughs> and for our health segment, we're just going to talk about my day of health. It's kind of titled that. It, it'll it'll open the way for me to discuss what is a day like uh, from morning until bedtime uh, of health. You know, what are you doing to yourself? What are you taking? What are, what are you eating? Supplements? Anything? Any of the sort? Are you getting exercise? My day of health in the health segment. How's it going? Welcome to the American Freedom and God podcast. I am your host, John P. Fox. We like to come around once a week and do this. This is about current issues in the United States of America. We care about that because we care about our freedoms. And so I try to go ahead and look at what's the, the latest and then put a, an opinion out there that hopefully... You know, it's a godly opinion, so hopefully somebody will hear it. And, and I just want you to know what it sounds like coming from a truthful individual. Uh, a couple of truthful individuals, Deborah is with me, and we're just gonna we're gonna get right to it. I want to start with the title of today's show: a dysfunctional family of government. I mean, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about when I say dysfunctional family. There, there are these, the situations where a child has been raised in a family that was very dysfunctional. I think we hit on it with the Greg Laurie store, uh, um, not too long ago, where the, the, the father just disappears. The mother is always drunk. Greg is growing up at a critical time where he needs mom and dad and, and they're not there. 
other other types of dysfunctional families where there's just fighting going on. The kids do whatever they want. They get in trouble. Uh, juvenile officers are constantly bringing them home and, and uh, knocking on the door and telling the mother and father, "Warning: If you don't do something with this kid, he's, he's he, he doesn't his future doesn't look just so good." So th then they see in the background that the house is a wreck. Uh, you know, hasn't been upkept in it by any means. Uh, it, it's just dysfunctional as can be. You walk away disappointed. Darn, you know, most families, it, it, things are going well. People are happy in America, but that household is just quite dysfunctional. I don't know what went wrong. Well, you guys, guess what? Our government is dysfunctional. It didn't start that way, but it is that way now. As a matter of fact, we talked about last week, Convention of States, so I threw that out there because if it comes right down to it, a dysfunctional government can be overrode by the Convention of the States. Um, it, it might have to come to that. But let's look at this a little deeper. Did, why is the government dysfunctional? Well, I've I, I got a few reasons right here. Republicans, uh, well, I mean, the Democrats always have wars. Okay, so uh, I, I just want to start with that. There's two parties that are dominant in, in our government. In the three branches of government, there's two dominant parties. The donkey and then the elephant, which is the symbols of Republicans and Democrats. Where they got their names and why, we don't have time to go into, but I'm just saying that they, the Democrats always have wars. The, the spending, the inflation, and the, uh, the America last uh, outlook on everything. So, two or three of those is definitely always the case. The last one, maybe not until recently. But yeah, there's always wars. Every time Democrats are in office, wars start happening. Every time. And, and, and I'm not going to say it didn't happen with George Bush, you know, who was a Republican. I'm just saying that once we got this thing sorted out, Bush is long gone. Uh, finally got a, a, a president that was uh, in office where we had peace for four years, which was Donald Trump. And that's where I'm kind of starting this little comparison from there. Because I know before, well, with Reagan, you know, it was also very peaceful. So there's always an exception to every rule. So if I could just backtrack, you know, a little bit there and, and, and cover that part that, you know, I don't mean, I don't mean to just steamroll what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do know there's an exception to every rule, but most of the time when the Democrats take back the reins of the United States government, what happens with all the peace that was, that we were experiencing? Well, you know, it's funny. Years ago, during the Vietnam War, the Democrats was the party of peace. Oh, so it just kind of switched around over time. It must have to do with that donor money or something, right? Because <laughs> they used to be anti-war. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've also noticed that when uh, certain presidents are in office of the Democratic Party, and the same thing with the Senate and the House, that we have a ton of inflation. Um, things start going wrong. At the gas pumps, you know, with the prices, they start going way up. I remember thinking this was like in 2014, Obama was president, or maybe it was a little earlier than that, 2013. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, you know, 4.75 a gallon. Am I going to make it to the next paycheck with where the boss is always sending me throughout the week? At 4.75 a gallon? Yeah, a lot of people were worried. And you have all those other things you got to pay, right? So it's not like. All you have to worry about is paying for the expensive gas each week. It's, there's everything else in life. So. Those insurances. Don't insurances go up. They so I've noticed that there, there, there's always inflation tied to the Democrats when they take power. And another thing that I noticed is, well, they have done some reversals. It used to be the party of, you know, to just... The liberty is was always a part of the Democrats. They wanted liberty and justice for all until... They see that they're losing elections or not getting their way, and then they just switch around and become, I don't know if it's just because new people are getting voted in and the old ones out, but there's this trend that happens every time they get in office now. So those comparisons said, what I want to do is just talk about a few more things about the dysfunctional family of government. It's definitely happening that now when the, when the Congress gets together and uh, it is time to have the, the committees in Congress to do their jobs, to come up with bills, to come up with improvements for the American people. They're not doing it. They're going there and doing anything but that. They're, think, they're thinking about how they can 
get the next uh, bill passed uh, and, and funds put out there. And they're not thinking about it in a way that it's going to fix the problems we have in America and for the American people. They're thinking about the funds in a way that it's going to fix the problem that they have overseas. Wait a minute. This is America. Why would they care about overseas? Well, they're telling us that if we don't like help fight the Russians in Ukraine, uh, then your sons and daughters are going to have to go there and start fighting too. We just need to give them money, keep giving them money, and it will take care of that where your sons and daughters won't have to go and fight. And I listened to that logic, and that's when I came up with the title for today's uh, podcast. That is dysfunctional thinking. Extremely. Uh, there was a time, maybe a long time ago, <laughs> I'm not going to put a number on it, but there was a time where where we had to tell uh, ourselves that if we don't do something, we're going to wind up in this war and our own sons and daughters are going to have to go fight. And it was legitimate. And we took care of it maybe w- one way or another at that time. Today, when they say that, it has nothing to do with legitimacy. So I'm looking at that going, this is so dysfunctional. And today, to help me uh, get this point across, before we get into our first major soundbite, which is going to be with Senator Rand Paul, I wanted to go ahead and use some uh, audio aid um, during this uh, discussion about the dysfunctional government that we're living with right now. But what I wanted to point out is, so I'm going to play a little clip from, um, I believe it's MSNBC. I don't know exactly what news show they had on. But I'm going to tell you this, they're all the same anyway, so it really doesn't matter. And I'm going to play a little clip, and the news anchor is talking about this impeachment vote that happened in Congress last night, or or maybe it was about to happen, because I think the news show was on just before. And she's talking about it, and she's like, instead of being a journalist and bringing the audience the news, she's talking about it in a way like she's married to Mayorkas, and then she's offended. Okay, there's a difference here. When you bring news in a journal, so you're, you're non-biased. You keep agendas. Uh, there shouldn't be an agenda in the way you talk. You, you're bringing the news. You're, you're discussing what is breaking, what just dropped. Instead of discussing what's breaking and what just dropped, they, they only give you two or three words about what just dropped, and then they go into how offended they are. Mm-hmm. And then they it's almost as if you're arguing with your neighbor and no matter how wrong they did, they always try to save face and say all these other things and it's you that caused it, right? They always hit the emotion trigger, don't they? <laughs> and I was just going to play soundbite one right now and let you hear what I mean. One week after their epic failure to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the border, the House GOP is set to vote on the measure again today. And it's not because they suddenly found any high crimes or misdemeanors, which, of course, is the constitutional threshold for impeachment. It's because they think they have the votes. Last week's defeat was handed to House Republicans by a trio of their own, Kim Buck of Colorado, Tom McClintock of California, and Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin. Now, with Majority Leader Steve Scalise returning to the Capitol this week after receiving cancer treatment, Republicans are hoping they have the single vote they need for the effort to succeed. And there's also concern over the potential impact of today's special election in New York to replace George Santos. If Democrat Tom Suozzi pulls off the win, Speaker Mike Johnson can only lose two GOP lawmakers on any vote going forward. Let's bring in Democratic Congressman Daniel Goldman of New York, member of the House Oversight Committee. Congressman, impeachment, you know it is for high crimes, it is for misdemeanors. Do you see any here? Okay, hold it right there. I just want to add to this little soundbite we're listening to. Notice how it's always Democratic congressmen to to weigh in on this. Nobody else, just Democratic congressmen. And she starts with impeachment. Obviously, it's constitutional that it should be high crimes and misdemeanors. Obviously, we didn't see any of that here. What is your take on it? Right there, she was wrong. There's definitely a huge crime that is being committed. Mayorkas is the Department of Homeland Security headed up. He is the leader of that. He's the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. Homeland Security was developed not long after 9-11 took place. When Homeland Security was developed, a lot of people complained, you keep growing government. We don't need new agencies. We already have laws in place. We're going to get to laws in place here on another subject. But So they developed Homeland Security anyway. A whole bunch more government 
people became, you know, became a part of this dysfunctional government. But anyways, it's dysfunctional because that's his very job is to keep the homeland secure and is allowing an invasion right now. All they had to do was implement the laws they're already in place. He's going to get accused. Republicans are accused of not allowing the best law Democrats ever came up with to fix the border when it's just what we talk about with that ban from the 80s, the talking heads. Yeah. It's just stuff that talking heads say, especially when they want to not do journalism, but argue like the angry neighbor. Let's listen again. No, nothing even remotely close. There's no crime. There's no misdemeanor, much less a high crime and misdemeanor. And in fact, what has happened for this entire Congress is that the Republicans have attacked Secretary Mayorkas and President Biden for the issues at the border while they are going to court to undermine and prevent the secretary and the uh, Biden administration from implementing policy changes when that's not enough. The president and Secretary Mayorkas spend months negotiating a bipartisan deal to address the situation at the border, which goes further than any Democrat has ever gone before. And all of a sudden, after claiming that the administration needs to address the border, the Republicans and Donald Trump decide, no, 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 no. We don't really want to solve the problems. We want the problems so that we can run. It's almost this is is almost as if he got his take here that he's saying that it's always Donald Trump that told him what to do and what not to do, and that they don't want it. what he's saying here. It's almost as if he got it from Joe Scarborough for the Joe and Mika show. <laughs> it's definitely a spin doctor. You notice how they always have to say Donald Trump in a negative tone. Every like time they talk. Implementing that mm. fear and hate in people's brains that already think like this. So he's saying that... We have the best bill, uh, finally brought a bill, it's like the best bill ever for the border control to, to the floor, and Republicans don't want it because Donald Trump don't want it because they want to use it to run on. But that's not even the whole that's truth. That's not what's happening at all. The whole all. truth is, all this money was going to all these people with mm. very little border control. They just twisted exactly. the whole thing. And they wanted to let 5000 a day after $5,000 will close it. You can't just close it that easily. You have to re-implement the laws that already had, not produce a new bill with 5000 a day with new things and then call it the best ever. Can we even sustain 5000 a day? <laughs> we already had laws that were working very well. Right. We were getting very little incoming with those laws. Day one, Joe Biden reversed every law that was in place. And look what happened. This is exactly what happened. Mayorkas, it would have been his job to say, Mr. Biden, we can't do this. We're having an invasion. I'm going to stop the invasion. Sorry, that's my job. I took an oath. But Mayorkas did not do that. He allowed it. No, and it just pretended that did, the borders are safe. He would say, listen, what else did this guy say? Against the problems. And that is incredibly cynical. And that's what this is all about. It is taking a scalp for Secretary Mayorkas for the MAGA base and trying to lay the blame at his feet for a situation at the border that needs to be addressed, but can only be addressed by legislation not by executive action. Okay, if you guys are watching that on the news, uh, he's telling you a bunch of hogwash, to put it mildly. Say it can, it doesn't have to be legislation to resolve it. Um, it doesn't have to be a new, he's saying it can only if be done with legislation. No, that's, he's telling you wrong. It, there were laws in place, you know, the the, uh, the people that come in illegally were to be apprehended and deported or or remain in Mexico. There was uh, the DACA law was was in place. Um, there was uh, Section forty two uh, law that was in place, all pertaining to the border and the immigrants, and it was working. When Joe Biden took office, day one, the executive order signed the executive order and undid all of that. Of course, it took a little while with Section forty two into the presidency for a while there, but they undid it. They undid everything that was protecting the American people at the border to the best uh, that we could come up with at the time, that President Trump could come up with at the time. It was working very well. He undid every bit of it. Nothing this guy just said on the news is so. Now, if you're sitting there in your couch watching your TV, listening to those words, he's lying to you. Maybe not directly, but subliminally, he's but lying to you. that's what they do. They give maybe one little sentence a, that is maybe truthful, and that rest of it's all spin. Right. 
And so, guys, that's why we're doing American Freedom and God podcast. I wanted to be able to come here and honestly tell you what's really happening. And I'm not listening to just, you know, my side of, you know, every both sides as villains. I'm not doing that. I just kind of, you know, I'm a I'm God-fearing, God-loving individual. I don't go by what villains say. If they're villains, I'm not listening to them. <laughs> so, moving right along. So, also, I brought a second soundbite, the same subject. Guys, we have a dysfunctional Congress that... All they do is holler at each other and call each other names, maybe not formally on the floor. Because that's against house rules, you know, you have to conduct yourself. But they get there, they conduct themselves, and, and they go about the procedures exactly how it should be done, smoothly running Congress and the Senate. And to, but at the end of the day, nothing got accomplished for the American people. The very constituents that put them where they are by voting for them. I can't even understand like the the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. I can't understand how the people even vote for him if they want a free America. Maybe he's installed because Chuck does not want that. Yeah, maybe he's installed. <laughs> maybe he's bought out or something. Yeah. But do the people realize that they're in New York or wherever when they're voting for him? That's why I don't get it. Wow. If you were to read the article I read the other day, it was it was in an old newspaper, and you know it was a screenshot of the article in a newspaper from i know chuck looked very young you couldn't recognize him mm -hmm. but it was telling them that they're just the the mentally instability of this man and the things that his agenda is so bad for america and that was way back then how does he keep getting reelected, and why do people want that do they? it's a dysfunctional family exactly. that's going on in congress exactly. I, I, I know you could have said a million that's things fine. right there <laughs> But I'm just going to move on. The second soundbite, guys, uh, it's on the same subject. Now, Mike Davis, attorney at law, is going to put in what he believes to be works. He's a constitutionalist. He's around Supreme Court justices. He does his job uh, very well. He knows what he's talking about. Let's listen to what Mike's saying here. He's talking to Steve Bannon on the War Room show. The uh, have uh, what are your what are your thoughts about the impeachment? Dan Goldman is the wind-up impeachment doll for House Democrats. He is the guy who thinks that President Trump should be impeached for anything, and President Biden can't be impeached for clearly violating the law. Secretary Mayorkas can't be impeached for clearly violating law. Remember, if you're the president or if you're a cabinet secretary, you have a constitutional duty to enforce federal law. And both Joe Biden and DHS Secretary Mayorkas have disregarded federal law. They have disregarded our immigration laws. They have opened up our border and they have flooded our country with 10 million migrants, unvetted migrants from all over the world, including from dangerous places in the Middle East and China. And this is all preventable. This is all intentional, what they're doing. President Trump use the current laws on the books and got our border under control. President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas have disregarded all of that, thrown out all of President Trump's policies that worked, disregarded federal law, and they have turned our country into a very dangerous place. We have been flooded with fentanyl. We have been flooded with people who come here and rape and murder and, and rob and commit a lot of very bad crimes. And again, this is all preventable. Secretary Mayorkas and Joe Biden have violated their constitutional oaths, and that is an impeachable offense. So, Deborah, I'll just ask you. Um, you're on. You're here with me today. We're looking at this stuff. We're talking about this stuff. Do you think that um, since our uh, talking heads at the beginning of the, the first soundbite said that there was no misdemeanors and high crimes, or high crimes and misdemeanors, however it rolls off the tongue? And what we just heard coming from Mike Davis, what do you think about whether or not there was any crimes from both President Biden or Mayorkas? There were crimes. There were crimes. It, it, what, it, what is it? You know what? I'm not even going to ask you. I'm just going to say it. The main crime that Mayorkas is committing right now is he's not re-implementing the laws that are already, that are already exist, the bills that's already been brought to the floor and resolved. He's not implementing those laws. That's right. his biggest crime. Well, he's Homeland Security, right? Right. And he's got an open border with no vetting of 
what? Is that Homeland Security? All right. All you have to do is, as as a congress as a congressional body, all you have to do is look at what's going on at the border, the invasion. Look at all the fentanyls coming in. Look at all the crime that's coming in. The, the gang members, all of it, and then look at Mr. Marcus and say, "Are you not stopping this?" He's not. Then that is a crime. Absolutely. Your job is to stop. You took an oath to not allow such a thing. Right, but it didn't say that in those very words, but it's a part of the oath you took. Right. To protect the American sovereignty. It's part of the job description. Exactly. You know? But so. we go to the airport, if I want to go see one of the kids or something, I'm getting patted down like I'm the criminal. So who's this smart guy <laughs> on the news? Yeah, yeah, right. And not only that, how many times did he impeach President Donald Trump for nothing? For having proved absolutely nothing. So I think technically they are trying to say, well, you have to prove that there's been a high crime and misdemeanor. It is in the Constitution. Well, here's what happens. First of all, it is a crime not to, to be the Secretary of Homeland Security and not protect the homeland is a crime. It's, your, it's called a derelict of duty. Yes. That's the crime. But they're going to say, well, technically, there's no, there's no book that lists that as a crime. Derelict of duty just means you don't know how to do your job. You need to go home. Oh, just incompetent? <laughs> just an incompetent fool? But I'm just saying, they're getting all technical here now. How can that guy stand there in front of a microphone and say, he didn't, there's no crime here with this invasion? It's just, he, he has no sense to see it. I, I, I don't even think it's that, John. I think they yeah. are out there as mouthpieces to put that doubt in the American public that is listening. Mm -hmm. Because if you listen to the way they word it, right. the way their infliction is, the way they, they always put Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't mm -hmm. say anything about mm -hmm. this. Yes. The people that are worried about the country are the ones that right. have brought this up. Uh, it's it's just like a it's a narrative that they want to constantly enforce in the public's psyche. Has nothing to do with truth. Exactly. And I, I'm in there picking up. You know, I ordered a pizza 20 minutes ago. Now I'm in there to pick it up. I got to wait in line. A couple people in front of me. And there's this big TV screen over here while I'm waiting for my pizza. And they said, saying that exact, those exact words, and I'm hearing it. Right. Donald Trump, very bad. Mm -hmm. Norcus, no crime, no misdemeanor. Right. Invasion at the border, what's that? The border's under control. Right. That's what they're telling me. And then I get home, and I turn on a little podcast or something that I listen to, and it's hitting, the opposite is true. But I need everybody to see that. So that's yeah. why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. You know, um, it's... We all, I think... You need to know the opposite is true, guys. You just, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you this. It's I true. I think in our evolution, we've all come to the point mm. where we realize we have to do our own homework. No we have to do our own homework. what we're learning. Mm. If it's about our health, it's about exactly. our health legal system, up. our government, mm. Mm. the way we take care of ourselves, you know. Mm. Yeah, and it would help, too, if people had some deity to look up to, you know, to, something to believe in. And if, with me, it's God. Yes. That, that's my obvious go-to. I've seen what God does. And I've seen a lot of things that we don't often talk about on the podcast, but you can get any of my uh, books on the Making Time for God series by John P. Fox, and you'll understand what I mean by that, because I wrote it in my books. However, what we're finding out is that if the people even had that, a sense of wholesomeness, some a God that they look to, I know that there are a lot of people that are Christians. There are a lot of people that, that are Holy Mother Mary, Mary uh, the Our Lady Peace. That, that there are a lot of people that look to the sky and believe. But then there's a bunch of them that don't. As a matter of fact, probably more that don't than do. So part of the discussion here is to get you to understand when, that when you come home after having seen that CNN TV screen while you were getting your pizza, when you get to the home, listen to to the real truth, you'll understand that the opposite is true. And that is not me directly trying to hit CNN. That is just me telling you words that are. Mm -hmm. You get home and you find that the opposite is true. Just take a look at some of the other video that these journalists that actually risk their, their, you know, their very existence to go and get you these pictures at the border. Take a look at that. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them anywhere. That is if YouTube's allowing it. Yeah. <laughs> they might just be go taking this stuff down. Go, go to Rumble. Rumble. There you go. So I really need to move on. I have a sound bite for you from Senator Rand Paul. Now, he's talking about the same subject. And so I guess today we're really driving it home. This is all dysfunctional. Impeachments are necessary when there is absolutely a derelict of duty. From the person in office that is being impe impeached. It's very necessary. Um, 
when you when they try to impeach Donald Trump, they're saying that he did all this collusion with Russia. Robert Mueller came to the floor and said, "Well, I got no actual proof, but after twenty million dollars and six months of looking into this, uh, go ahead and impeach him." You know, basically is what he said. He's just trying to save face, you know, right? So they impeached Donald Trump for things that didn't actually happen, but they had enough hype on it that they can go ahead and do the vote. You can right. go ahead and do the vote. And the impeachment just means you're no longer you're censored. You're really no longer allowed to um, make the decisions anymore. But you don't have to leave office either. This impeachment is a congressional thing, and the the American people look at it like. You know, you're being arrested and put in jail. That's, That's what's what happening to you. Yeah. It's called impeachment. It's a congressional thing. Nobody got arrested. No one's put in jail. The Constitution said before you impeach, make sure there's high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, what about felonies? Yeah. He's, in, he's committing a felony by not taking care of the American people. If one person loses their life at the terror of what come over the border illegally, that should be enough to tell you that it is wrong. Sure, it can happen even when the laws are in place, when the border is closed, when the border is protected. Somebody can still sneak in and hurt someone. But with this invasion, if one person gets terrorized, even even if they don't, this is a felony to allow, just to allow it. The derelict of duty is at the felon level. That's what I'm trying to say. Rand Paul's going to tell you a little more on that. I have... uh soundbite brought up by Rand Paul in here somewhere. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. They should have had it ready to go. But uh, let's just listen in. Madam President. Senator from Kentucky. Open the champagne. Pop the cork. The Senate Democrat leader and the Republican leader are on the way to Kiev. They've got $60 billion they're bringing. I don't know if it'll be cash in pallets, but they're taking your money to Kiev. Now, they didn't have much time, really no time and no money, to do anything about our border. We're being invaded. A literal invasion's coming across our border. 800,000 people came illegally in the last month, and all they had time to do in the Senate was get the money, get the cash pallets, load the planes, get the champagne ready, and fly to Kiev. On Friday, they will take the $60 billion to Kiev crack the champagne, and meanwhile, each day, between five to 10,000 people come across the border illegally. Now, they put up a sham bill, and they said, you should have taken the sham bill. You should have taken the roots. We gave you a border bill. But the border bill would allow 5,000 people a day to come across, and then they would declare an emergency. Guess what? The emergency's already here. 700,000 people in two months is an emergency. Nearly 800,000 people in two months is an emergency. But they gave lie to the Roos when they tweeted out their great bullet points on how great this deal was going to be. They tweeted out, the border never closes. So they were putting forward this great border bill that the president would use to stop illegal immigration, but they tweeted out, of all the main points that this would do, that the border never closes. And this is actually true. Because what would happen is, they would close the illegal crossings, but leave the legal crossings open. It's like, why wouldn't we have the illegal crossing always closed? Why wouldn't we, after having 750,000 people come in illegally, close down the illegal crossings immediately? And what also gives lie to their assertions is that we have the same laws we had under President Trump. And President Trump controlled the border. So how could President Trump do it with the same set of laws? And now they say, if you only gave us power, we would do something. But what gives lie to this assertion is that they're in court every day trying to dismantle the barriers that Texas puts up. Texas and 30-some-odd Republican governors have said enough's enough. They put cargo containers and razor wire on the border to say no more illegal crossings. So the Biden administration, who says just give us more power, we'll do something about the border, went all the way to the Supreme Court 
to get the power, and they have it temporarily, they may not keep it, but they have fought tooth and nail to remove the cargo containers, remove the razor wire, remove the border barriers. So which is it? They want more power to shut down the illegal immigration, or they want to remove the border obstacles to illegal immigration. And I have to stop it there. But guys, you can get this entire speech. Like right now, you can just go to the, uh, YouTube and then type Rand Paul absolutely unleashes on McConnell, Schumer, and triad against Ukraine aid. Um, if you just type the words unleashes on McConnell, you'll, you'll get a bunch of thumbnails and this will be one of the top ones. You should listen to this whole speech. I recommend it. it it's like almost, a, it's almost an hour long, but all the intensity you just heard. Coming out of Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, that intensity remains throughout the entire hour. It never dies down. That, that is how upside down this government is, and how they think. Yeah. Well, let me let me just ask you: what, what he's telling you is these people are going to celebrate as they bring pallets full of money that they just printed over to Kyiv in Ukraine. And they're going to walk away, and that money is not going to have oversight. Right. Then the wolves are going to come running as soon as they leave. They're done celebrating and shaking hands. The wolves are going to come running and start snatching all that money. It's criminal activity. It's going to go nowhere which intended. And here's the bottom line. At $34 trillion in debt, the United States doesn't have any money. We're lucky if we can cover any debt. We're lucky if, if we can still get foreign governments and the people that live there uh, to buy the treasuries we, we currently have loaned out, you know, that the bonds that we currently have, we're lucky if we can get them to buy these bonds and to have any value of it anymore. We're $34 trillion in debt. That's unheard of. In this speech, Senator Rand Paul lays out, to give you an idea of how much a billion is, not a trillion, a billion, he tells you how many, if you had a billion minutes, how far back in time that goes? Right. About 200,000 years. Yeah. A billion is a lot. It's an immense amount. We're just doing it like as if it's, you know, we got as much money as the world could ever imagine in their own little brain. We don't. This is criminal. This is what criminals do. They don't even care anymore. It's just blatant. And the fact that they say it's a bipartisan uh, deal, everyone that's bipartisan that went along with that, you better check who is funding them because mm -hmm. it's criminal, criminal, criminal. And any Republicans that are, are going to vote with Mitch McConnell on this, they must not want to get reelected. Well, you know? or somebody's... Uh, or somebody's bought out. Yeah, and even that. through their nose. So what know? they try to do is, guys, these are the tactics that's happening in our dysfunctional family of government. They try to do this during the Super Bowl on a weekend when nobody's watching. Right. They do it when during the night, 3 a.m. There was another guy doing a speech saying, well, I just finished my speech. It's 3 a.m. We were up doing that. We shouldn't be here, but we are. We're tr they're trying to hammer through a bill for money to Ukraine. Well, that should mostly. tell you right there. Well, doesn't that tell you right there? Well, it's not on the up and up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not translucent or transparent, transparent for that matter. It's none of the above. Um, so Senator Rand Paul really, really, he, I, I kind of, I feel his frustration as an American. Right. As a citizen. Absolutely. Because even if we are $34 trillion in debt and we decide, well, we're still going to go ahead and increase that debt and make another 60 to $90 billion, we should at least give it to the American people. Let them utilize this new $90 billion to improve everything that's going wrong here in America instead of bringing it over to Ukraine where we, we really don't belong there in the first place. That's not their agenda. But, you know, can I just add one little thing? Absolutely. <laughs> I saw, I, you know, we do our research, both of us, independently. Mm -hmm, and we, mm -hmm. You know. Yes. Uh, match notes but anyway there was a ukrainian village right mm -hmm. they had the people the recruiters for the army coming into this village trying to get new soldiers mothers are standing in front oh, of their no. young people mm. over four hundred thousand ukrainians are dead already the ukrainian people do not want to fight this so war. it's not actually a, a draft but they're actually they're asking would you them. like to come and they're fight Oh, physically them. take they, you oh know, They're like God. persuading them, pulling them. Hmm. They, they're against this. The, they can't beat Russia. They, it's just a forest. The whole thing is a money laundering scheme. 
And and Chuck Schumer saying things like, if you don't, I'm just saying, it came out in the news, he's saying it on the floor in his speeches, okay, you can just read around for it, never mind, you don't have to believe me if you don't want me, he's saying things like, and if you don't pass this bill with this money, your sons and daughters are going to are gonna be come for, to fight this war. That's blackmail. What? He's blackmailing what the American What kind of crap is that? Because you know what? Fear makes people do things they would normally not use a level mm. head about. And that's mm. just a tactic. We're about to roll uh, into the next segment, too, where Stephen Furtick is going to... How to how fear keeps you from your calling. But mm. before we get to I wanted to read a little uh, headline here. Democrats propose a discharge petition to get Mike Johnson... To get past Mike Johnson and the House. So they have this bill that was... Drafted, you know, weeks ago, but the committee uh, in the Senate has put together this bill and passed it. But they did it during the Super Bowl and over the weekend and, and during the middle of the night, too. <laughs> so now they have this thing passed in the Senate. And they're going to try to get it passed. Mike Johnson would have proposing a discharge petition. Now, I think I heard a little bit on this yesterday as I was researching this stuff. United States parliamentary procedure, uh, a discharge petition means it's a means of bringing a bill out of committee on, and onto the floor so that there's no consideration a- anymore. Um, by the committee. So it's it, by discharging the committee from further consideration uh, of the bill or its resolution. So in other words, they want to discharge the committee from any more amending of this bill, just bypass it through. And what we have to do is we have to fight this discharge petition. We have to say no. Petition usually means signatures, right? But we have to say no to that. And Mike Johnson has to stand strong with his conviction where he already said this bill is dead when it gets to the House. We can't do this to the American people. We can't give 60, 80, 90 more billion dollars to Ukraine when in effect, the Ukrainian war is not going to receive any, probably any of it, maybe a little, but it goes to this military industrial complex where I don't really like to call it all that, but that's where it ends up. But the people that work in military industry stand to get very, very wealthy from, right. from this money. But not only and, that, didn't you see that report where Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world, okay? Oh yeah, and then there's that. And, and, and then I didn't even saying, talk about it. And then they're saying they are so corrupt, so much money is disappearing, mm. it is so obvious that people are really noticing. Like, and they don't have they're a, not going to stop. Their election is on hold right now because of martial law, so their election coming in March won't be held because martial law has pushed it to May um, to where they go back to a normal uh, democratic election, but that right now they're under martial law, so it's dictatorship all the way. Right. And who is the leader right now? Oh, well, of he, Ukraine. Oh, what's Zelensky. His name? Zelensky. So yeah. he, does he's he have an any, actor? He's a comedian and a dancer. It was right? reported. <laughs> he's all those things. <laughs> and yet he leads Ukraine. Uh, it was reported two months ago that he has some new yachts over there in the water. Him and all his friends, um, mega yachts. Wonder where they got the money for I that. I don't know. Wonder, huh? They're just the Ukrainian and they're all people buying homes all over the world. I you mean, know, mega got, mansions. Guys, when you come home from the CNN TV screen that was up in the public somewhere, you're gonna, you need to listen to the real truth. You know what? You can just go on YouTube and start um, searching for stuff from Mike Johnson, stuff from the House, stuff from Josh Holloway, stuff from Rand Paul. You'll start getting the real truth instead of what was just said uh, by right. those two folks we played in the first soundbite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting the real, real news. So that's what a discharge petition is to try to get past and not have to even the committee even be considered anymore for any new amendments. So it's usually done in the federal government, but it, uh, I learned that it also shows up in state legislatures too. They sometimes do that as well. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen, guys. I'm I'm pulling for. Hopefully that won't happen. <laughs> a couple more headlines on Getter News. Witness Tony uh, Babalinski alleges that Biden acted as an enabler in family deals. So Babalinski really put uh, the the word out to make sure that people understand that Joe Biden, when he was Vice President of the United States of America, he was being bought by foreign entities. He was being bought by the CCP. He was being bought by other countries, uh, Ukraine, and they used it, they did it in a way that wouldn't be direct, so they used Hunter Biden. It's definitely uh, not, you know, the greatest, uh, you know, as far as uh, 
not being derelict <laughs> hunter uh he was on he's on drugs he's, he's kind of wacky you know you can get away with a lot through hunter uh but it's the biden name that they were targeting so burisma and all that stuff from the past in ukraine was you know while joe was uh vice president all this stuff was happening and y'all remember the the video the famous video where he says well son of a b he got fired. We wanted to fire the prosecutor that was going after Burisma because his son was on the board. <laughs> so right. I'm not, you don't get the billion. Back then it was just a billion dollars. You, you, if you want this billion dollars that it's been allotted for you, you'll get it after you fire the prosecutor. This is Joe's on video saying this. And son of a bee. Son of a bee. fired him. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, it's Coincidentally. Just, so... Bobolinsky is telling people that Biden has acted this way all the years as a as a vice president, and he's in, somehow gotten bunches of monies from these people, and he has to kind of hide it, so he puts it in. You know, the SARS, the 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 reports with the banks where this is suspicious activity. That um, Biden, there was twenty of them, and you know what? Most people don't even get one SAR their whole life of banking. I thought they had like twenty, twenty or twenty two. Cor- uh, corporations tied to this family. Yeah, corporations tied so to the family. How money? You know, it's, they just say it's for this and for that, which uh, these corporations produced absolutely nothing. nothing. They didn't exist. They didn't build nothing. They had a name. <laughs> kind of like, okay, guys, so this is the things that's going on in the current issues in today's United States of America. Unfortunately, we are having an influx of other nations. They're coming in here. So now instead of... Uh, the people of, say, one nation down in Central America existing in that nation, they're now trying to exist in the United States. And they are illegal. Uh, they're here illegally. I'm not saying that whether or not they're good or bad people. I'm saying they're here illegally. And that um, if they start to force their way into the sovereignty of the existing America, like it or not, that's criminal. And so you got one crime, you're in here illegally, now you, you you feel entitled, and if you don't get that, you commit more crimes. So we need a leader that can go into the White House and can see the dysfunction of government. There's three branches, they're supposed to have a separation of powers. Um, you can start with executive orders, you can start reversing things that are going wrong, we can close the border, and we can start humanely rounding up illegal people and say, look, I don't mind if you become an American citizen. You're going to have to do it through the front door. So we're going to take you back. We're going to get you on a plane and you're going to have to start over. We need a guy that will see all this, keep this country as it is, instead of letting it turn into what it's about to turn into if you don't. I don't actually want to live that way in a country that has gone berserk. You know, you've seen what happened in El Salvador. They, these, um, these gangs were taking over the country. Finally, they got some people together that said, enough is enough. We're going to fight back. And I just saw a video, Deborah, I think you were showing it to me, that they have rounded up these gang members. And I mean, there were thousands of them in this mm-hmm. video. And they, they, they're forcing them all into their prison camps. And they are going to be on the streets no more right. to do what it is they were doing to El Salvador. So yeah. they have really gotten a grip on it now. And that prison life certainly did not look like fun, did it? I mean, if I wanted to be that way, I would deserve that prison life. Absolutely. You know, that's the way I want to be. But that you know? will discourage young boys yeah. from going that way knowing will. that's their alternative. But exactly. you know what I was thinking, John? El Salvador, one of the most violent countries in the world at one point, with mm. all the gangs running the place, mm-hmm. now they got I it remember. under control. But guess what's happened? Our border's been open, and we got all these people that came here. Maybe if they can't do crime there, a lot of them are coming here to maybe start up shop. Um, Just a thought. I think it's going to be an entirely different situation when they get here, though. The, the American people... Um, uh, it's just it we're, we're we're established in a much different way than what they're used to seeing where they came from. So that you just got to know it's not going to be as easy as they think. So, no, but criminals are criminals. They criminals work are criminals, gangs, right? And that's why, guys, we have to include a hope message on this show. If we don't, I'm gonna, we're all going to walk out of here frustrated, and droopy, and with yeah. you know tears coming out of our eyes until things start getting better. Until this dysfunctional family of a government starts to function correctly, and I will talk more about that in the episodes to come why why would uh john from american freedom and god podcast be saying that the, the government is dysfunctional well there there's there are a lot of good men and women in government 
that are trying their darndest to do things right. They don't. They can't be bought. Look at Carrie Lake, who's been recently in the news trying to get bought. Uh, the guy um, was trying to to uh, offer her whatever it is her price is. You know, th- th- but there are good people that can't be bought that way. And so we have to know that that's the, the basis of it all. So from here, I'm going to take you over to our hope message where we can at least leave knowing that it's not all lost and all is not over yet. Nothing is over. God is in control. Stephen Furtick is going to explain a little more for you guys. Let's just listen in. Have you noticed that the devil doesn't really respect your tap? I'm going to wake you all up today because some of you have been trying to tap. Okay, that's enough now. Okay, quit, quit picking on me, devil. Pick on somebody else. I got a few suggestions. I'll give you a list. Just, just leave me alone. Tap, tap. Uh, there, there, are, there are many of us who have been trying to tap or, or surrender, not in the good I surrender all to thee, my precious Savior kind of way. But the tap that says, I'm really done trying in this area of my life. I'm really done loving with my heart. It costs too much and it makes me feel too exposed. Tap in this relationship. Tap in this quest to overcome this habit. Tap in this really living fully for Christ. Tap, tap. But the thing about the enemy, if you don't know, he doesn't. And I hate to compare Graham to the devil, but just for a minute. Just like Graham, the devil does not respect the tap. So when you give up on freedom to go back to slavery, you get momentary relief, but greater bondage in the end. You think the devil feels sorry for you because you tap? You think the devil plays by the rules and leaves you alone because you're tired? Oh, I'm tired. I tap. I give up. I think that's what a lot of relapse is. And not just in terms of substances, but when we fall back into something, it's us tapping, going, tap, tap. I'm, I'm, I'm done feeling this way. Tap, tap. I don't want to feel lonely. I'd, I'd rather be high. Tap, tap. I don't want to feel like this. I'd rather be with the wrong influences than be in isolation. Tap, tap. I give into the thing. That's got a hold of me. But the devil doesn't respect your tap. And that's why giving in to self-pity never produces progress. I'm preaching like a motivational speaker today. Just to let you know that just because, you know, this picture in the scripture is a picture of a nation that is ready to tap. Now, now Isaiah is preaching to the entire nation of Israel during the reign of Hezekiah and the Assyrians are coming to take them. And in the process of preaching to them to encourage them, the prophetic word speaks directly to their pain. He says, in that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great and powerful sword. What kind of sword? Fierce, great and powerful. Touch somebody, say, I've got a big God. Tell him the next part. And he likes me. Tell him, so before you mess with me, you might want to know who my friend is. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might want to know who my tag team partner is before you start beating me up. Mm, that's the whole message. In the text that I read you, there are, there are a few things, and we'll go through them like this in order. Yeah, Stephen Furtick is... Um great at his illustrations i love them you can go to stephenfreddick.com and all of his archives are there and you can find this clip is how fear keeps you from your calling or you can just listen to any of his other clips this isn't one of the later ones but i think everything he does is as intense and drives home some pretty fine points addiction needs a pacifier (laughs) That's some lyrics out of a song, but it's true. If you're sitting there and you're feeling lonely, you say, well, you know, I, I, I could just have a drink and, and that'll loosen me up. Is that tapping the devil? Maybe not so much if you're one of these people that's, you know, not caught up in it, but you know, 
how to moderately have a drink. But for those who were just, if it's an alcoholic that you can't get anything near them because it'll ruin them, they'll completely wind up in jail before the night's over, then that's what I mean. Addiction needs to pass right. You're feeling lonely. You're feeling like scared, like nothing's going your way. Rent's hard. Everything's hard. You don't know what to do next. Or somebody got hurt that's a loved one. You don't know what to do next. You start, you look at this thing you used to do to get you in a lot of trouble and you're thinking you want to grab it. You want to grab it. You just call, call on God. He has a fierce and mighty sword. He'll take down what that is. That's what you need. He'll take it down. You just need to be truthful with yourself and God will do the rest. That's what I've learned. So Deborah, we need to talk about our health. <laughs> the health segment is next, guys. I wanted to do um, just kind of, I just leave Stephen on the screen for now. For What we do most of the time is we bring in a doctor who can explain scientifically. It's amazing how they um, can pronounce all these words. I, words I, I may have heard once in my life before <laughs> of what's going on in your cells and your blood and, and with, with this part of your body, that part of your body, the organ, they, they pronounce it all. And the little chemicals that is, the organ is made up of with all the technical names those little chemicals have. You know, all I can remember from school is white blood cells and red blood cells. But these doctors, they know a lot more than just white and red blood cells and what happens there. So, but today we're just going to talk about it from down to earth, you know, buddy old pal kind of way instead of bringing the doctor. So, a day uh, of health. What would I do? Now, let's see. Let me just start with, I get up, I'm going to have a bowl of grains or a bowl of Wheaties. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and I'm just—I don't know. I've sprinkled a little honey in there because I want to be healthy, right? And put some honey in there. Okay, so you eat the grains, and you got milk. So now you're getting milk, you're getting grain, you're getting honey, and off you go. So now the lunchtime rolls in, and oh, jeez, I'm gonna get something to eat. So you hurry up over to the McDonald's. I just need a Big Mac and order fries, please. Um, what is it? Seventeen eighty? What? It used to be only four ninety. <laughs> Oh, that's right, inflation. So, all right, thank you. And so now I have this Big Mac in me, and uh, it had bun. It had uh, lettuce was on there, like a Thousand Island type dressing, I don't know, secret stuff they put on there. And it had this little itty-bitty patty on one layer, a little itty-bitty patty on the other layer, and this big old thick piece of bread in between. Hey, I'm not hungry, you know. And the fries, yeah, it's, it's so-so. You, If you're lucky, you get good fresh fries. Other times, they've been sitting for a while. All right, so now that's lunch. I get back to work. I'm burping and I'm swinging the hammer and climbing the ladder and a bilch. You know, then it comes dinner time. We get home and say, you know, I don't want to cook. What's in the freezer? Well, I got this Stouffer's right here. This, uh, well, I buy Stouffer's because we were buying the the, uh, the Mary Callender's. It's good, but it's not. We like this one better. It's the meatloaf. And I was going to cook that. Okay, so now it's late night. And you get a little snack. Okay, well, I got some Cheez-Its over here. They eat me some Cheez-Its. I'm going to sit here at the, at the uh, desk a little bit. Maybe watch a, a movie. We'll eat the Cheez-Its. Then, then it's bedtime. Okay. Do you think that... um? Did I just live a healthy day doing that? No. What would be the results of me doing that every day? I mean, you switch it up a little. It's not always McDonald's. You know, well, so. just look at the statistics. I mean, mm. the Americans are living, what, 102 on the list. We have third mm. world countries living longer than us that live off their land, basically, because mm. they're poor. So maybe our food has something to do with our health conditions I think it does. that are in epidemic proportions. I don't know. Well, guys, when I was living that way, and it's true, I, everything I just described, I noticed that I got bloated really bad. I would not take off my shirt at work because um, I wasn't proud of all this, you know. Right. <laughs> it was like, wow, look at that big old gut. But you know what? We don't like to pick on each other for our guts. It's not nice. But So I would just leave the shirt on. That way nobody's going to pick on me. And the shirts were always two sizes too big. That right. way nobody notices. Loose. But yeah. when you get in, you're stepping into the shower and you see yourself in the mirror, you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm glad I wear that shirt. So here's the thing. I was eating that way and that was the result. But I, I didn't connect the dots yet at this point. I just think because I'm getting older, I'm getting fatter like everybody. All right. So 
It's not even talking about whether or not there's chemical compounds that I was putting in my body that day is going to contribute to a future breakdown of an organ or cancer or anything else that it might cause. It's not even to hit on any of that. I'm just still trying to say, Deborah, is there a place we can go from a day of health, from the morning until bedtime, that we can find stuff to, to bring home and utilize or eat that's not going to be bad as the things that I just described? Yes. So let's pick it apart. What about breakfast? Well, we're back to the egg bit, you know. Eggs is pure. Mm -hmm. I, the purer you make your food, the mm -hmm. better it is going to be for so you. So if you're on the run, you, you don't necessarily have time to cook the eggs. What what, what can be an alternative? I know that this is a, a day. without sugar. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. A little bit of granola, Greek organic yogurt. granola. Granola. Um, you know. Hard-boiled egg. Okay, I mean, so now lunch. We know now we know we don't really want to eat the cereal and the milk and the honey mm -hmm. for the for the healthiest choice. But that we should probably look to one of the things that society is trying to tell you against is eggs and, and the other one is meat. Well, one of the biggest things is eggs. So we're, we're we're saying that that's what you should ought to eat for the morning. You're not worried about cholesterol. No, not really. Not really. But we were taught to learn about that. But why to worry were we taught that? So they could sell us cholesterol drugs. And get rid of what makes that, us healthy. But the, here's the thing about that. Ooh, why would they do that? They want to sell you a cholesterol drug that makes your cholesterol appear to be lower. Oh. But you didn't change anything about what you do. So your body is still mm. manufacturing that cholesterol it's just it's just like a band-aid. It's not really solved mm. the problem. So it benefits pharmaceuticals. Yeah. If they can keep you from eating those eggs. That's uh, the dirty secret with mm. a lot of this stuff. But it benefits them. Um so now it's lunchtime. What do we do? I can't go to McDonald's every day. Can't go to Subway. Well, eat fresh. <laughs> I know this is inconvenient, but mm. you kinda have to pack your food. You know what I mean? You mm. take a few minutes out of your day and pack your food. If you want to learn what to eat. Just Google a country that has a very long life and see what they eat. I mean, a lot of them don't even eat the typical foods that we right. would eat. They might have beans with a little bit of rice with a little bit of fruit or a little bit of a right. salad, you know? So, let, let's, and I was like, I was hearing this and I was like, I'll just get beans and rice. It's good for me. And then when I go and get it, I'm getting it processed. That's oh. another drawback you kind of have to cook that's the other little thing they don't right so and, and, and i and a disclaimer here you still got to burp <laughs> if you got a burp you're probably it's always going to be there no matter what you eat but we can eat healthy we can cut out processed foods is what i touched on last week if you can look at the ingredients on the back of that can of beans and rice or that box good that you need to add a little water and microwave if you look on the back of everything that's in there the majority of it is uh, labbed. It's been labbed. Mm -hmm. The majority of it is chemical compounds. Mm -hmm. And at the at the at the bottom of the list, it says, or even at the top of the list, it says, and then there's beans. Right. But what is all that other stuff for? And why do I want that in my body? Well, because you have to hurry up and eat, right? Well, you really don't want it in your body, mm -hmm. and and that's that's what's happening. We're we're really waking up to we being poisoned. So in a full day, of, yeah. So in a full day of choices, we have to choose not to be poisoned. Yes. Even if it's a poison that takes twelve years to start setting in, right? It's that's still bad, right? If it, you don't notice it for twelve years, right. it's still a poison. Mm -hmm. And so we we can find things that are at the fresh market. We can cook it ourselves. We can roll it up in a tortilla. You might even make the tortillas yourself out of flour and water. You know, you get the little recipe off of what? Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> anywhere nowadays. Pinterest. The world is your oyster when That's it comes right. to recipes. <laughs> so you get this done and, and you're doing it fresh. And inside that tortilla was organic stuff that you cooked the night before in a crock pot, organic beans. Right. And inside that tortilla... Leftover chicken, is, leftover meat there from you the go. night before. There you go. Instead of getting the stuff with the long list of chemicals right. because it's convenient. Right. Big, big, big difference in choices there. Then dinner time comes. Guys, don't be afraid to, to cook a potato... Get your potato from, don't be afraid to get organic. It costs a little more, but you're paying for your medicine right there that it will end up having to buy if you don't do it. So don't be afraid to buy the organic uh, potatoes or whatever else you're about to cook as opposed to, uh, well, this aisle over here, they're big, plump, and juicy, and the tomatoes are perfectly round, and they're bright red, and they're this big, and they all look the same. 
That was done by the lab, guys. I know it grew, but not until after they did their little <laughs> stuff to it. You know what I mean? So you got to watch out for that. Get the organic stuff that hasn't been labbed. You know, each tomato is going to look a little different than each other when it's organic. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. Right. But it is the best thing for your blood. Yep. As opposed to the GMO tomatoes over here that look better. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's artwork. Yeah. And why would our own society want us to be unhealthy? That's a good question. It's the corporations, if you want to get down to it. Mm. It's right down to them. It is the dysfunctional family of government, the corporations, right. the pharmaceuticals, the globalists. And think about the, the dysfunction of government. Mm. Who always has their money that are buying all these people? It's these corporations. Mm. You guys, I don't want you to be a, a tough hombre anymore in America, but I encourage you to, to be a tough hombre in America. I encourage you to take your amino acids uh, supplements. I, ter- I encourage you to make sure you're getting organic, not synthetic or GMO'd. I encourage you to, if you're a guy, to make sure your levels of testosterone are there because it's what gives you strength when you pick up a ladder. It doesn't hurt your arm. Because you have that level of testosterone that God intended you to have. I encourage you to do all of the things that makes you healthy. The information is there. If you're just going day by day and kind of thinking you, you know what you want, then you, you might be missing that good information. I can walk into any convenience store, any grocery store, and I can already see. But now I can. I didn't used to. It's telling you about the big gut. That went away. <laughs> as soon as I started waking up. The one day I woke up and the gut was gone. I mean, I think I did intermediate fasting uh, without even realizing it. I just stopped eating as much. I tried to turn vegan. That wasn't working. I was getting as skinny as a twig. Yeah, and when I pick up the ladder, it really hurts my arm. So I went back to eating some meat, some good. God intended you to, to be able to have testosterone and the meat delivered. Mm-hmm. And I, my arms thickened back up a little bit. <laughs> Not to be a ham here, but I'm just telling you, I lost the stomach, six pack abs, hello. Arms getting better, hello. And now it's when you walk down the street, you, you got all this instead of all that. There you go. There you go. I'm just going to leave it at that. I am a ham sometimes, guys, so I apologize. (laughs) I wanted you to leave in a good mood from the American Freedom and God podcast. And we're going to do this again next week. We're going to enjoy every minute of it. Well, hopefully next week there'll be some new information. It'll be a little bit less disappointing. Maybe we'll get some gains coming from all that is good and from the Lord. God is in control. Till next week, guys. Goodbye. This has been the American Freedom and God podcast. Join us every week for the latest episodes. Please subscribe, rate, and review the series. Visit us and comment on a blog post at johnpfox.com. Happy listening, and remember to always show your awesome. Bye. Stupid as stupid does.